So yeah, that that ties nicely up the the sort of exercise and movement thing. Obviously, massively important. Again, do your own research on this stuff. Don't take our words for it. We're just talking about the things that we've come across and have worked for us. Um, but the exercise and movement alone that can't that can't fix our, our issues, if you like, um, because food and, and diet and nutrition are massively important too. I once heard this sort of really thought provoking um, anecdote's the wrong word, but somebody was saying about if you think the size the size you were when you were a baby and you, the size that you are now, all the living tissue that existed in you as a baby, none of that probably exists now. You know, it's everything's regenerated, everything's grown. So where did all that stuff, where did all that growth come from? It, it came from what you put in your mouth, what you ate. So you're literally, when you're eating, you're, you're choosing what to build yourself out of and dietary advice out there it's a minefield you'll, you'll find somebody recommending anything you know there, there's just so many different variables and diets and stuff like that and i think the simplest way that i look at it is just you know can i minimize the amount of processed food i eat so anything that comes in a tin or packet and has a list of ingredients versus something that you know your ancestors would would recognize so you know a bit of salmon an avocado whatever um these things aren't coming with ingredients list they're not made in factories um and i know it's more complicated than that you know there's issues of factory farmed animals and stuff that's a whole other discussion but i think if you could just cut down on the processed foods overall that already is just a, a huge huge win to your, your diet and nutrition yeah I, th- I think this kind of goes back to what we said at the start about how whatever we're doing is it's not it's not working i i remember living in america and, and driving past you go down a main street and it'd just be like burger king what a burger kfc mcdonald's and all these different things right and you see like a picture of like you know six chicken nuggets or whatever for like a dollar fifty and you're just thinking about like dude like how 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 is how is that possible to sell that for that price right mm. that, that that's that's strange and it's it's the realization and this is this is what i keep on trying to say like it's really really hard for us myself included i'm talking about myself more and i'm not saying like oh i'm i've rose above this and i'm I'm so woke and you guys need to catch up it's not that it's a constant it's a constant thing for all of us it's like a realization and it's not like being like a kind of you know guy with a tinfoil hat on and saying everyone's out to get us but we need i think we need to really understand the the nature of the world that we we live in not everyone in the, in the world you know there's there's thousands millions of people around the world who don't know when the next meal is going to be and it's insulting to them the things that we do as part of our, our normal day-to-day like people would die to be in our positions and things like that but i think it's this realization especially when it comes to the stuff that we put in our body that that the majority of the things that we're getting bombarded with on a daily basis are no good for us whatsoever, right? I think I think I think that's a, a step of realization that we need to make. You know, I just scoff some pizza for my dinner, right? It's not good for me. It's, it's not it's not good at all. But I'd like to think that you know, on a long enough timeline, like you mentioned, the, the, the soccer team, that if you win win more games than you lose, you, you're going to be you know there or thereabouts at the end of, end of the season. So, if we talk about processed food, you need to you need to define what is meant by processed food and a processed food is anything that we as human beings have altered from its natural state. So if, even if you take like a, a, a grain of wheat, even before anything else happens, that's probably been modified to be how it is by us. 
All right. And probably the easiest and most overt way to think about that is probably like a, a dog, right? We, we've genetically altered dogs over the course of uh, thousands of years to do the things that we want them to do, right? So it's kind of the same thing with grains, is that we've taken wheat and we've, we've crossbred it and adapted it and modified it to do certain things. And quite often those certain things aren't for our particular personal health. It's so that the bread that we make out of that wheat is, has a certain texture or a certain color to make it more aesthetically ple pleasing to us or to make it fit more within a norm. And even if you just take bread as example, bread is not something that is naturally occurring. So that in itself is a processed food. And there's, there's a, a, an argument, there's a theory that people have put together that is, is you should have a whole food diet. And what does the whole food diet means? mean? It, it means stuff that just naturally occurs. We're consuming stuff that naturally occurs. And that's better for us because that's what's been around for thousands of years. And that's what we've, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. That's what we've consumed for thousands of years. That's what we should consume. Therefore, our health is better if we have these things that naturally occur. You never see a fucking donut in the wild, right? <laughs> so that's a processed food, processed food. I'm not saying that donuts aren't nice. They are nice. But this idea of that anything which is processed, um, even like if you take like rolled oats, like a lot of people have porridge, a lot of people have oatmeal, those kind of things, right? That you might just think, well, no, that's not a processed food. Well, it is because if, if, they, if they roll it, like rolled oats that they put through these giant rollers and crush it, it changes the structure of that oat, and, mm -hmm. and therefore, it changes the rate of absorption when we consume it, and our, it changes how our body reacts to it in a yeah. mostly negative way. So that, that's important to understand this idea about like you saying, like, the things that you consume become you, but also this understanding that there's loads of stuff that we kind of presume are good because mm -hmm. we've grown up with them. But you know what? They're not because <laughs> just look around again, like look in the mirror or, or look around. It's not good for us. And, and yeah, that, that's that idea of whole foods, man, eating whole foods instead of something that's processed. Yeah. I, I think one of the things as well that that leads me on to um, is the topic of insulin and blood sugar um, and processed foods. Cause you've touched on this already. So if you take, and we're going to talk about, about um, intermittent fasting, fasting and stuff like that shortly. But if we think about a very conventional thing, a very typical thing in the Western world, that's to get up in the morning and have a bowl of breakfast cereal. And I grew up, I loved, loved breakfast cereal. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. If you put a bowl down in front of me, then I would love it just the same. But I mean, what's happening when you're eating these highly refined carbohydrates so this is a very this is my layman's understanding of insulin and oh, come on, mate. so um we're eating a food like that refined carbohydrates they cause a spike in your blood sugar and when this happens your pancreas secretes insulin and insulin then tells your body to store all of that extra sugar or energy as fat either that or you're going to go out and do all the exercise that most of us don't do and, uh, you know, if you eat this stuff a lot, then that's obviously a problem because your body's just constantly saying, you know, we'll store that, we'll store that. And it's an evolutionary thing because hundreds of thousands of years ago, thousands of years ago, we didn't know where our next meal was coming from. So if we had the opportunity to, to gorge on something like this and store some fat, that could see us through weeks and weeks. Whereas we know that in modern society, you know, our, our next tin of iron brew, our next Mars bar is never far away. So we're never <laughs> going to get to that stage where we're going to rely on all that other energy. So there's no need to be storing all that fat. So 
Um, yeah, very, very layman's explanation, insulin and blood sugar. But I think it's important to, to sort of think about that the next time you're reaching for a, a donut or a bowl of cereal. Yeah, it's this. So, so there's, there's carbohydrate, protein, and fat, which are the main, the main energy sources that are used by our body, right? And you, you, I think naturally we're, we're lazy bastards, and I think lazy bastards takes a negative, a negative rap. I like to think that we, we're, we're smart workers. It's like if I don't have to do that, why, why should I do it, right? If you think about, if you think about a lion, you go on a safari, and you, you see a whole pride of lions. You probably see them just lying underneath a tree, right, hanging out. You don't, don't ever go, look at those lazy fucking lions just lying under a tree. <laughs> I, pay, I paid thousands of pounds to come over and just lying under a tree. Get some work done. Go and do something like you don't see it, right? Because they, they are conserving energy. They are saying, well, I don't need to go and do that. So what, what am I talking about? And so, uh, so, so there's carbohydrates. Body, body will always use carbohydrates first because in carbohydrates, the simplest form, it doesn't really need to expend any energy to use that energy source. So it will always use carbohydrates first, right? And it's it's like, of- uh, just to, to briefly interject, it's like um, if you've got a fire burning and you put paper on it, it's going to yes. burn really quickly but really yeah. fast. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. And so the problem we have is is that we've we've started buying and having all of these highly processed foods which give us a lot of paper for the fire as you mentioned so it burns really bright but then it's gone and then you, you start having to have like half 10 snack and you do the same thing a massive spike in your, in your insulin level yeah, 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 yeah i'm really i'm pumped pumped and then you, you it's like your insulin level spikes then massive dip spike massive dip spike massive dip and it, that's not good for our for us as, as human beings and as you mentioned you know in, insulin is really insulin is really important because it moves glucose into the cells so the cells can use it uh, but it also tells your body to store any excess glucose as, as fat. So insulin is really important for us to, to transfer that, you know, the energy from the bloodstream into the cells. Um, I, I can, the analogy that I use when I've kind of spoken to people about this is that it's, imagine getting like a takeaway meal delivered to your door for every meal. That's, and so you, you get it, you eat it, you might think, oh, I've, I'm done now. I'll put the rest in the fridge for later. And then, you know, three hours later, another meal arrives and, and you eat as much as you can. Oh, it's tasty. I'll save that for later. And so you're constantly putting things into the fridge. But because stuff is always being delivered and always being delivered and always being delivered, you don't ever get around to eating the leftovers from the fridge mm-hmm. because you're always getting a new meal through the door. And that's kind of the same thing with like kind of how like this three meals a day thing. Like it's been ingrained into me, like oh, three, three square meals a day. And, and, and now recently it's been like snacks. So oh, you mm-hmm. you know you need to you know need to have you know snacks as well snacks and it's like but I don't think anyone's ever, any I think a lot of people are doing it now and more and more people are doing it. But it's like is that actually good though? Mm-hmm. It can't be because like I said, going back to the thing I said at the start, it's like just look around your neighborhood, look at yourself, look in the mirror maybe, and and it's like it's not right. It's obviously not right because we're not how we're supposed to be. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that's a kind of the lamest term. You, you, I think you're banging the, the nail on the head about this idea of like you know, insulin spikes. Insulin is a response to when we're eating eating food, um, you know, especially with, with a certain amount of carbohydrate in there. And and is 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 fasting something that you do? Because you know, if, if you kind of go back to to what I was saying about lions, you see in in the uh, in the in the wild, you don't see them eating three meals a day. You don't see a lion going. You know what, mate? What's really important? three meals a day you've got to have three meals a day because they simply don't, mm. don't have access to that and it's we i don't think, famine, literally yeah 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 so is intermittent fasting something that you do yeah i would say that 
probably the best thing I ever did was start skipping breakfast. And I know straight away that that is the sort of thing that if your mum heard you saying, she'd be outraged because there's this thing in Western society. And it's a marketing term, an ancient marketing term. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day, completely meaningless and baseless um, and designed to sell products. But it's our ancestors didn't get up and have breakfast. They went and found it. And that took probably till lunchtime to do. Um, they certainly weren't sitting down at a bowl of Cheerios or anything like that. So, and I would think to myself, if I, if I spoke to six year ago me who used to get up and have four Wheatabix and was starving by 10 a.m., the concept of skipping breakfast would horrify me because if I was that hungry at 10 a.m. after four Wheatabix, how hungry would I be if I hadn't eaten anything at all? Um, mm. And the answer is not hungry at all because it's... Um, there's all sorts of different complex digestive processes taking place or not taking place, depending on when you've ate and what you've ate. And, uh, you know, I, I have a bit of coffee with healthy fats in it in the morning, and that sees me through to lunchtime. So I try uh, very hard. I, I don't try very hard at all. It's just habit now. But I'll generally eat within a eight-hour window. So I'm conscious um, of keeping my meals within that window. And another thing that I'm doing is, is ensuring that I'm not eating anything maybe two hours before I go to bed as well because um, there's a whole other thing there where, you know, if you're going to bed digesting food, that's something your body's concentrating on when it should be in your brain doing, doing important stuff up there. So what about yourself? Yeah, I, I during the week, I do similar to what you you do sometimes, which is like a 16-8. So you have 16 hours where you're not eating and eight hours where you are eating. And that you're not eating straight for like eight hours, like eight hours. Oh, brilliant. That sounds good. I can eat just just eight hours straight. So, so you have like, you can find in your eating to like an eight hour period. What I've tried to do uh, more often is, is just do one meal a day where I have like a one or a two hour eating window. Um, that's, that's what I te- I've, I've done. It, I've done that at least for the last, uh, last month. So for the last m- month, I've just had one meal a day. And what I've noticed is that for the first three days, first three days I didn't have anything other than water so we talk about diet the first the first thing I did when I wanted to, to change my diet right because I, I remember saying this right is that I, I've been I feel like I've been fighting against stuff that my parents told me for, for ages so I, I remember like when the same thing as you like you, you'd skip breakfast like I get off of school or whatever my mom would be like what you had for your breakfast and I'd be like oh, I'm not hungry so like, you gotta have something Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, but I'm not hungry. You've got to have something. It'd be like a fight. And Most it comes important from a meal of the place. day. <laughs> yeah, it comes from a good place. Don't get me wrong. But it's just yeah. like, I'm like, why? I seemed, I seemed to have been fighting my, my nature or the things that I, my body has been telling me for a long time. And it's probably about five years ago, probably about five years ago, maybe a little bit more now, where it was like, I started listening to my body a little bit more. Because I think you, you go on, I think I'd gone on a holiday. I think I'd gone on like an all-inclusive holiday which is where like you can drink as much as you want, eat as much as you want. And I was just like really sick because it was like, well, one, I'm tight with my money. So I wanted to kick the ass out of it. So it's like, right, well, if I'm paying for this, this food, I'm going to eat every fucking meal, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm paying for it. So I'm going to eat every meal. And I, I did. And I felt really, really sick. And I remember thinking like, I just don't feel very well. Um, I mean, because I didn't, I didn't really ever eat three meals a day, like a lot. And it was like, I just want to start listening to my body more. So I just wouldn't eat breakfast. And it was, I would, it would have no effect on me. And then, and then I, I, I stopped eating lunch as well because, you know, I'm quite active at work. So I'd have like lunch. And if I didn't have like 
a certain thing for lunch, I felt like quite lethargic. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop having lunch. I don't I don't want to feel that way. And so I started like fasting without really thinking about doing fasting. And actually, what I've noticed through doing it is that I don't I don't get hunger cravings. I don't I don't really get that hungry. It's like I just feel like the en- like my energy level is just constant. It's like it's just a constant level of energy. And I've found that as I've been doing it, it's it's a lot easier just to abstain from certain things and go, you know what, it's it's not it's not worth it. And one of the things I've touched on that a lot previously is that I started like thinking about is that food worth it or not? Is it worth mm-hmm. breaking my fast breaking my fast over? So like any bread based cake, nah, no chance. I'm not gonna break my fast over that because it's not it's not it's not nice enough, if that kind of makes sense. So I definitely for the last month and I've done it a lot previously, but um yeah, just just one meal a day, and that that just fits in with with me. And a lot of people, especially at work, think that I'm mental for doing that. But it's not about that. It's about what that. It's just what works for me. It doesn't seem too difficult. It doesn't seem like I'm making huge sacrifices. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. And it's just this seeing this bigger picture, and it's like, do you really like just because someone offers you a fucking chocolate at work, like doesn't mean you have to actually eat that, mm-hmm. right? doesn't mean you have to eat that so yeah i i do i do fasting uh monday to friday and it's and it's either 16 8 regularly but but naturally i've just fallen into this this just eating one meal a day and i still have my mate my eating window between 4 30 and 6 30 uh or 4 30 and 5 30 and it's honestly once i've got into it and once i kind of broke down those those barriers and i found it's it's not actually being hungry it's just the ritual of eating yeah and yeah and it's the habit. the habit of eating yeah and and actually once you've gone through that kind of the withdrawal of like you know the the glucose glucose withdrawal and you're teaching your body to live in a different way and you're teaching your body to access its energy in a different way like once i've acclimatized to that it's like it's liberating i just don't feel a slave to it and yeah. i don't i don't feel like i'm eating just because it's eating time I feel like I'm just doing more of what comes naturally to me as opposed to, you know, just, just what everyone else is doing. I don't know. Strange. I think as well, like, well, a couple of things there. First and foremost, often or supposed hunger pans, I would challenge anyone next time they feel hungry, go and have a pint of water. And if you're still hungry after that, fair enough, go and, you know, have your bag of crisps or whatever. But more often than not, you're just thirsty and your, your body's got it. The signal's got a bit confused. So I think there's there's a lot of stuff around hydration as well. I wanted to touch on the term fasting as well because it's got such a negative connotation. Almost nobody, myself included, come across the word fasting for the first time and didn't roll their eyes and think, what a terrible idea. But if you think about it, it's not natural for our bodies to be digesting food all day. Like digesting food's a stressor on your body. We weren't designed to, to be constantly eating, constantly digesting. So... We talked about eight sixteen. You could even do twelve twelve, and that's a fast. You know, you could start there mm-hmm. if you're if you're interested in getting into it. And I think one of the other things with fasting as well is, and I, I immediately thought this. You know, if I'm not eating, I'm going to start break. You know, my body's going to start breaking itself down, eating itself. We think of like you know hunger strikers or concentration camp survivors. But when you look into, well, there's a couple of things there. So I don't know if this is the exact stat, but even long term fasting you would only start eating into your muscles, catabolizing, I think they call it, if you had less than 
7% body fat, I think it is. I'd have to look this up. And it, it, for reference, an elite athlete has about 10% body fat. So yeah. again, don't quote me on that. I'd need to, to reaffirm that stat. And the other thing as well with fasting is the, the term, um, and this is a whole topic of its own, but the term autophagy. Dan, are yeah. you familiar with that? Oh, yes, mate. Yeah, go on, but you tell me about it. <laughs> so autophagy, um, very simple, again, layman's terms, which is a common thread for me, um, cell recycling. So, you know, there's no new nutrients coming in just now. Let's take a moment to look at all the cells in our body, these misfolded proteins, they call them. So we're constantly yeah. spitting out different copies of cells and your body just basically takes that opportunity to do a bit of spring cleaning. Um, yeah. Again, re reported to be very good for just keeping things like future cancers and stuff in check because you're getting yeah. rid of all that crap. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, that alone's not going to uh, save your life. But again, it's all just wee things that you could put in place and they build up and build up and create a, a, a superstructure, if that's the right word. It's, you know, it's, it's just figuring out that the, the, the shit that we're doing, is that is that what's best for us? And, and the people that are advising that we do this stuff and eat this stuff and, and buy that stuff, what what is their what is their interest in us? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And it, again, I don't want to see, come across like you know I've got my tinfoil hat on, you know, on the sofa saying it like the aliens are going to come and get us. It's, it's not that, but it's like we we live in a very difficult age where there's lots of agents who are not acting within our best interests that have a massive say in what we do and what we don't do. And I go back to the Coca Cola thing. It's like I don't think anyone needs Coca Cola. It's maybe a nice thing to have from time to time as a treat, right? But it's it's just understanding that it's not a, da a daily need. It's not a daily requirement. It it should be something that's taken very occasionally as, as a pleasurable treat, right? But I don't think a lot of us think like that way, myself included at times. Like when I was in America, I, you know, I thought it was great. You go to America and you go to a restaurant and you order like a Dr. Pepper or a root beer or something like that, and it's refillable. And, and it's it, almost free actually, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it got it was it's cheaper than a lot of bottled water, you know. And there's a reason for that. But anyway, uh, and so you like you drink half your coke at the table, and they'd whip it away and go and fill it up and put it back. And it's like, and and we think that's great. And then you go you go to a restaurant and you're gauging the quality of a restaurant by how much food you take away from it, and you think that's great. And it's like it's not <laughs> so there's like we're in a diff this difficult position where there's all these things are kind of being bombarded with lots of different things and it's very difficult to do the right thing and i think with fasting i think what i'd probably say to people who maybe don't want to do it or roll their eyes at it is is, tr is try it and see what happens because it'll if, if nothing else it saves you money right because you know you probably if, if i mean i never really did this so much again because I, I try and be tight with money but uh, people that I've worked with, they'd, they'd order lunch out every single day. And that's expensive. You know, so you're mm -hmm. having breakfast at home and then you're going to work and you're buying lunch at a shop every single day. And then maybe you're tired or whatever. So you'll get lunch. Uh, sorry, you get dinner on the way home. That's a lot of money. It's a, it's a lot of money. And so there's different ways to do it. You mentioned skipping breakfast, you know, because if, if you say if you go to bed at 10 p.m., right, and then you wake up at seven, that's that's nine hours of a fast already. So if you yeah, take most you of it, you've slept through and it's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then you take breakfast out and let's say that you, you eat at 12, you know, you've got a decent, you've got a decent chunk of time there where you're, you're fasting anyway. So it's only a hop, skip and a jump to, to doing something bigger. And, and if, if nothing else, and you're going back to the hobby, you could, you could for like a month not eat lunch 
right? And you're getting a little bit more of a fasting. Say if you skipped your breakfast and you're saving money on your cereal or your oatmeal or whatever, whatever your toast or whatever, and then you do, you're not buying lunch anyway, you save yourself a bunch of money. So if nothing else, you do that. And, and you won't die. Your body won't start eating itself. And, and I found, and everyone is different, and some people say to me, have said to me, oh, you know, I'm, I get so angry, so angry if I don't have my breakfast, my, my, oh, my brain just can't function. If, and that's fine. Like, like you, we'll eat your breakfast then because everyone is different. But what I found is fasting, once I've got into it, like I won't lie, like after Christmas, I did a three-day fast with only water, right? And it, it was hard because I also gave up caffeine as well at the same time. It was, it was hard to kind of chunk through those first three days. I think a lot of it was caffeine withdrawal. But after those three days, it felt amazing in, in many, many ways. And like I said, I mentioned that I just felt like I would wake up and be ready to face the day. Whereas previously, um, and it's very complicated, there's, you know, kids sleeping patterns. And so like, I think one of them as well, but I just felt I was waking up with so much more energy and I saved money, which goes back to this, the snake oil salesman. It's like a lot of these things like, oh, you pay this or you pay $50 a month and go to the gym. It's like, you don't, you don't think you need that. And if you need to, to get the gym membership to go and be fitter and healthy, yeah, that's fine. Do it. But I never really do that. This, the idea that I'm doing it and it saves me money. It's brilliant. It's an extra reason to do it. Right. So I'd say people that are unsure about fasting, try it. Just see what happens with it, because it's been massive. It's been massive for me, and it's it's an easy easy thing for me now. And it's a l- little win. It's something that, that fits into my daily my daily life. And then at the weekend, I can do what I want. Big what I've also noticed, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I've actually noticed is uh, even more. I'm starting to abstain from things because I'm like, it's not worth it. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not worth it, you know. Or like what I'm doing at the moment is is that because I'm on holiday. I'm eating whatever I want, but I'm only trying to break my fast once per day. So it's like I'm going out, I'm going out and eating, you know, at restaurants, things like that, and I'm choosing whatever I want, but I'm only I'm only breaking my fast once. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've given up like tea, you know, which is hard for an Englishman, you know, giving up tea because I always <laughs> have milk. I always have milk in it. That that's been hard, but it's just this idea that I'm just I'm only going to break my fast once. So that gives me going back to what you said about autophagy. So basically, when you when you eat, your insulin level rises, and you you're storing you're, you're moving energy into your cells, and you're storing energy, and then you're obviously processing all that food, and then what happens is your insulin level drops, and when your insulin level drops, all these other chemicals come out to play, like this human growth hormone, for example. Mm-hmm. which is really positive for us. Uh, and there's, there's all sorts of different things that happen when insulin is not present in our bloodstream as much. And yeah, it just gives you, it gives you your whole body a rest. You know, I think we've all done that. You probably ate like a pizza or ate like, you know, a burger and you've got like proper distended belly, you know, and, and that's, there's a whole bunch of like just inflammation. Like it's like lots of things that we have and lots of chemicals that we have a little bit like a cigarette. You know, you kind of, we know that now about cigarettes, that cigarettes are really bad for us. It's kind of the same thing with certain foods that have got loads of chemicals in. It's like, they're not good for our body. We're not, we're not designed to have those chemicals and those chemicals have been put in there to, to create a, a reaction in our brain that make us feel amazing for a short period of time, a little bit like a drug. Uh, and that's why they sell it, you know, like kind of, so sugar, for example, creates a, a really positive feeling in our brain and our, our brain wants it, which is why we have cravings for chocolate and different things, but it's not good for us. And those chemicals have been created to sell a product to us that we think is great, 
but they're not actually great. And it's really mm-hmm. hard to get out of it. And I'm still not out of it because it's hard because we live in a world where these things are so freely available. And it, yeah, it's so, so fascinating, man. It's, it's brilliant. And it? I, I really like, I really like how liberating it is. How, you, you just don't, I feel like I'm just not a slave to stuff. I'm just not a slave. That- I'm, you're good. The, the, the good thing about it is it's a thing that you don't have to do. You know, a lot of this is a thing that you, we're not telling you you have to do anything, but you know what I mean? You know, fasting, yeah. it's a thing you don't have to do. And, you know, you could, why not, uh, if you're in the position to do this, have a week where you skip breakfast and wet, the time you'd be having breakfast, go and paint some miniatures and come back, uh, email us after the after the challenge and see how much you got painted. Uh, that week instead um, <laughs> yeah. I think as well with, with the fasting you know again we don't want to come across here like we're, we're absolutely perfect because we're definitely not and no, I have weekends no, no. very regular yeah. like I'll, I'll kick the arse out of it you know beer on Friday big day out on Saturday recovery yeah. day on Sunday with a few beers and a takeaway so what I'll tend to do maybe on Monday I'll just try and eat as best as, as I can and then what I'll do maybe a 40 odd hour fast um, you would want to do the the sort of intermittent fasting before you jumped into something like this. But I'll have my dinner, my tea on a on a Monday night, and then I won't eat all the way through. You know, so I've got my overnight. I've got all day um, all day on Tuesday, and then I'll get up in the morning on Wednesday again. Miss my breakfast. You're not as hungry as you would think when you wake up. You're not hungry at all. And then lunchtime. So that gives you sort of forty odd hours, and you honestly feel at that point like you've been living really well for weeks. And in fact, you know, it was only 70 odd hours ago I was um, munching a, a bit of haggis pakora and um, <laughs> drink, <laughs> drinking some Buckfast tonic wine. So. Yeah, and that, that's the thing, isn't it? I think you've got, to, you've got to try, I think that's the key with these things, right? With, with exercise stuff, it's, it's not, don't listen to someone who's saying, you know, only have cabbage soup for a month and, you know, do an hour's worth of high intensity interval training every day. Like, it, that it's not something that's going to stick. They say that in in, in the north of England a lot. Like it's got to stick. It's got to be something that sticks, right? And that that's the key is you got to find something that, that sticks. And so my like intermittent fasting routine has come from trying it, figuring out that it it seems more natural for me to do that. I don't feel worse. I only feel better, and it's got only positive uh, positive things. And tinkering around with it that's the key is tinkering around it with it and making it work for you making something that fits in for you so for me i always want to have a meal with my family when i get home from work so it makes sense to keep that as my eating window but that, that's the thing is that you just got to try it just try it and tinker around with it and just find something that works and and just be very careful of the advice that you're getting from people ourselves included you know, just just taking everyone's advice or everyone's know-how or something that's worked for everybody else, mm-hmm. taking it and saying, well, that's worked for them. I've got to find my own way with it and I've got to find my own thing with it. Um, but I think I think in general, like only eating once per day has, has had a massive positive impact on every single aspect of my life. I won't say it's like a miracle cure. It's not a silver bullet. It's not just that. But it's, it's, it's about balancing that being a boring bastard and being being disciplined and even just going to the mental side of it just just abstaining and saying well i could do that but i'm not going to is is really positive but then also usually abstaining from something and then going you know what i will that's good as well because it's like it's like that i think we just got too used to the treats the treats have become the norm 
when really a treat is something you have very, very rarely, very occasionally, and that's what makes it good because you want to get it every so often, you know? Final thoughts for me on on the fast, and I just wanted to mention, to me, it's and to most people that do this, it's certainly not about calorie restriction or deprivation. So in my my eating window, I'll have huge meals and I'll eat till I'm uh, full. Uh, I won't deprive myself of anything. And I've even heard nutritionists say this, that, you know, even if you did just eat in an eight-hour window and your diet was pretty rubbish, you're still getting a lot of benefits fasting. Like, even if you're not yeah. eating very good food in that eight-hour window, you're still doing yeah. better than most people. So there's, all, there's yeah. so many different... You could go as deep or as shallow into this as you want, or not at all. Yeah, and, and this I think this is the key key for this chat, is that this this isn't isn't designed to be like, do this, do that, do that. This, this should be like a door that opens another door. Uh, for, for individuals to find their own way with it, and we've got a whole bunch of extra reading that people can can go and uh, look at and go and get involved with if if they want to, which we all should, um, I, I believe. But yeah, it's 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 that kind of thing, isn't it? It's like I don't have the most perfect diet, and I'm I'm in a I'm trying to I probably there's about three kilos I'm trying to get rid of, um, and I but I've I've tried to kind of make sure that that downward curve is a gradual one. Uh, so I'm not, cause the thing is, and I think we've all probably tried eating a little bit better or going on a certain diet in the past for various different reasons. And I, I do these things. I wouldn't say that it's not for fun. It's not for fun because a lot of them aren't fun, but I do them just to see what happens. So like with a high intensity interval training, loads of people have talked about insanity training and I'd never really done it. So I just did it to see what happened. And then, you know, I've been on like a keto diet. I've been on the different things just to see, you know, just to see what happens. And what I found, because I, because I, with my Fitbit, I've got a Fitbit dashboard thing that I can track all my like, you know, body weight every single day. I've got like a Bluetooth scale. So I stand on the scale and it automatically updates my Fitbit dashboard and stuff like that. It's just interesting to see what happens to your body, just to, just to, so you can see if you make small adjustments, what happens. And then I'm like, is the benefit that I'm getting from this worth the sacrifice does that kind of make mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. and so this 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 is years of me at least five years just tinkering around with stuff and seeing what happens and it's it's really important that that yeah you don't have to have the most perfect diet um but that's not to say that you shouldn't have a better diet i i need to so i'm in a, i'm in a process of, of intermittent fasting down to to a, a a plateau where i can eat what i want but i'm not losing any more weight and then, then I'm, I am in a process of, and me and the wife are both doing this, is, is getting rid of processed foods definitely during the week, Monday to Friday, and, and just eating things that just naturally occur in their natural state that we're not fucked around with and messed around with, or a company has just like injected loads of stuff into it. And, um, you know, people, people have a go, big go at Jamie Oliver, right? Jamie Oliver is like a TV chef in, in England, in the UK. And people have a go at him for for doing stuff. But I remember watching a program years and years ago where he was talking about this this subject, and he was one of like the looking back, he was one of the people that were key advocate of this. He he, he was talking about like a sausage roll, and on on his show, he had like a butcher in, and he made Jamie Oliver made two sausage rolls. Um, sausage roll people that aren't from England, it's like kind of like a, um, a puff pastry wrapped around a, a sausage, so like a hot dog kind of thing. But um, that's kind of what it is. And, and he, so he said he made one. And then he, he, then he made one how a, comp- like a, a mass-produced company would make one. So his, his one that he did was like sausage meat, pastry, which is just butter, flour, bit of salt. Here's what's in the, in the 
sausage it's like you know 80 percent uh you know pork and the pork comes from cheek and this and that you know it's off cuts basically and then it's topped up with fat and then there's a few breadcrumbs in there that hold it together and it's like it was very simple i think i had like seven ingredients this sausage roll and he said listen sausage rolls aren't healthy you shouldn't eat them all the time but this sausage roll has got seven ingredients and then he made a second one which was like he'd just taken from the packet and someone else like if this professional came in it was like right okay so this is only 30 percent pork and then you've got to put this in but the problem with putting this in is it makes it really dry so we've got to put loads of water in but then there's loads of water in it so we've got to put this in and it was like honestly about 50 different ingredients and so it was like right if you're gonna eat a sausage roll we don't recommend you eat too many of them because that's not good for a you know good diet but if you're gonna eat a sausage roll it's probably best to make it out of actual ingredients because all these chemicals and things like that it's like your body doesn't know how to deal with this it's not designed to deal with this it's like you're putting poison into it and what you're saying about making your body work well it's like our body is great it puts up with a lot of stuff it's like it's like driving a car and putting really shit petrol in it and then your engine starts like cracking and banging and you just turn the radio up so you can't hear it and keep on putting terrible petrol into it and at some point it's going to break down you know and a, car, a car's engine will do a great job of trying to work trying to work trying to work and your body's the same it's trying to work trying to work trying to work and then it just stops and it'll break and you'll have type 2 diabetes or you'll have heart attack and it's about understanding that that maybe you need to put that better fuel into it so yeah you can have a poor diet when you do need to make fasting and i won't claim that my diet's amazing but i think it takes a long time to tinker around with it and move things around and we haven't really been talked about um about satiated foods or foods that make you satiated um that, that genuinely make you feel full for a long period of time that isn't something that's going to make you feel full for about an hour and then you're going to be in the same state again another time it's very very complicated isn't it right yeah, like we we talked I, I, we talked about carbs being a, akin to the the paper on the fire. And, and for the record, I'm not saying that carbs are bad. You do need carbohydrates, and there's really good sources of carbohydrates. Like sweet potatoes, one of my favourites. Um, I wanted to touch on fats too, because that's a, a controversial. Again, that's a whole whole scenario of its own. But fat gets a bad rap because we equate eating fat with with getting fat. Which isn't um hundred percent true. In fact, it's not nope. it's not even nearly true. Um because like any other um macronutrient, there are good fats and bad fats. Like I have a lot of fats in my diet, but I'm not fat. Um so I'll have uh, things like olive oil, coconut oil, grass fed butter, you get the Kerry Gold here, which is really good. Um MCT oil, which is a kind of coconut oil uh, and I cook with avocado oil which um, you can use at a really really high heat and it doesn't um, go rancid or or, uh, toxic or anything like that because for what I've read and what I've heard over the years like the worst source of fats is these um, see they're called vegetable oils but they're really just like highly processed seed oils so like sunflower canola um, there's a few other ones, but unfortunately, these things are so, so cheap that they're just in everything yeah. or in a, every yeah. processed food that you buy. If you go out to a restaurant, it's going to be in there. So you'll never avoid it. But again, yeah. back to the football team, win most of your games, you'll do all right in the league table. Yeah. And that's the thing we'll keep on pumping into this is we don't want to make it like a boring lecture thing. And equally, we don't want to come across like we're saying, like preaching to people. It's not that. It's just, it's just maybe it's it's realizing that we're a product of a certain environment, and in my opinion, that environment doesn't have our best interests at heart. In my in my opinion, like, um, so if you take 
they need to, it's like business, right? That the business is good in some ways and businesses are great. You know, the, the provider service or the provider product that, that people want, but it's, it's dangerous because if you think about what a business's main aim is, it's, it's to, it's to make money, right? That that's what a, a business fundamentally needs to make money. Otherwise it's, it's not a very successful business, right? So, and that, that's, leaked into every aspect of our life i'm not saying that you know capitalism is terrible i'm not saying anything like that i'm not necessarily saying that but it's it's about like if you take like a mcdonald's burger it's it's designed to be profitable right and and we you need to look into how do people make a burger profitable that's something that's a journey that you need to go into that's, that's something that you need to figure out because I could tell you my opinion, but that doesn't necessarily make, make it fact for somebody else. And so, so yeah, it's, there's, there's, if, if a company or a restaurant's got a way of, of giving you something that is 10% cheaper and yet there's no complaints, then w- why would the business, air quotation marks, not do that? Like, of course they would because they can make 10% more money. So, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, of course they would. But that's not in my best interest. That's not in your best interest. It's in the business's best interest, if that kind of makes sense. And it's hard because I don't want to come across as, like I said, someone with a tinfoil hat on. But I think we need to be just a little bit more aware about what the intended aim is for, for these businesses that we're interacting with on a, on a on probably a daily basis, right? Yeah, and it ties in this sort of last thing I wanted to touch on because it's January time of recording and the amount of leaflets I've had through the door from Domino's Pizza and stuff like that, and they're all doing, the, they've, they've jumped on the vegan, the veganuary thing. And I wanted to kind of touch on the fact that a lot of people, their instant reaction, you know, I'm going to eat better. Should, should I be vegan? Should I be vegetarian? And what I would say, again, from my personal understanding is it's not it's not really about that like none of these diets alone could make you healthy or unhealthy because there's very good ways of doing them and very bad ways if you're eating vegan out of mcdonald's that's going to be some of the most highly processed foods it'll be laden with pesticides and stuff like that not good for the environment um so you know, they, they, they don't don't pigeon your whole into one of these diets unless it's for ethical reasons or moral reasons or, or you know that's something you want to do. But there, there's no, you know, you're not going to automatically get healthy by being veggie or vegan. Sometimes you could get more unhealthy. You know, especially if you're vegan and you're struggling to get good sources of protein in. So there's a lot of yeah. nuances there. There's like the Beyond Meat burgers. Have you seen those? The Beyond Meat burgers. Yeah, yeah. They're they're not great for the environment. And it's it's a highly processed food, you know, and and things that are highly processed aren't good for us in general because our body mm. doesn't isn't designed to deal with those things. It's you know it's 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 something that I'm only fairly recently starting to really take a big interest in it. It's stuff that I kind of like bumped into. I I I eat meat, uh, and one of the best worst things I ever did. Is when I was when I was a kid during the summer, I used to work at, on a farm. I used to think it was amazing because it was like everyone wanted to work on this farm because it had a butcher's shop attached to it. So like you didn't really get paid very well, but you just got amazing lunches. So like every single day you'd be getting like you know fillet steak and chips for for lunch because it just had the butcher's shop attached to it. And so it was like proper like you know gold level summer job working on this farm. And so one day I, I took like the they had a whole they had they had sheep they had cows and things like that I, I took a whole bunch of sheep down to the abattoir 
and uh, just watching the sheep get processed. And it was the best, worst thing that I kind of ever did is like seeing the look in an animal, animal's eyes when it's, you know, it's, it's killed mm-hmm. um, and things like that. It's like we, we have these blinkers on, don't we? We don't know where our food comes from. We don't know how our food is processed. We don't know how it's been treated and things like that. And it's like, I think if the majority of us knew what, what life that animal had had, and we knew what effect that that um, we were having on the environment and stuff. I don't think we would eat it. I don't mm-hmm. think we'd eat yeah. it. You know what I mean? And, and but I still do. Like you know, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not sitting here saying I'm perfect, but we do it because it's just we're accustomed to it. It's like we're not. We just don't ask any questions. You know, you see like the KFC chickens, and you see, you know, all these animals that get pumped with antibiotics, and they get fed. They just take like a cat. You mentioned yeah. rat. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned uh, grass-fed uh, butter there. So it's like cows are made to eat grass. That's what mm-hmm. cows should eat, grass. But the problem with grass is it's expensive to feed a cow grass. So they don't. They feed them these other things. And then the cow is eating highly processed food that it's not meant to eat. And then it's being pumped with these growth hormones so it grows quicker so they can make more money. They've got antibiotics in them because they're getting really sick because they're not eating the things that are supposed to be eating and they're not walking around and doing all the things that cows should be doing. And then we're consuming all that negative stuff. It's a little bit like, you know, uh, a few years ago, people were getting antsy about um, like microparticles, like the plastic microparticles, uh, right? You remember that? Mm, yeah. Um, so the problem was is that all the, uh, all the microparticles that you have in like shower gel scrubs and things like that were going down the drain. That was going into the sea. The fish were eating the plastic particles and then people were eating the fish and then you're getting like loads of, loads of plastic in our bodies. But that, that's what happens, right? Mm-hmm. So all the things that the cow is eating is, is concentrated within the cow's cells and you're eating the cow's cells and then you've got all that stuff that was, that was concentrated within a cow and that's how people get like you know mercury poison poison right there's like a certain amount of mercury in the sea or something like that and then a fish had the mercury and then it's only small trace amounts but then you eat loads of sashimi and salmon and things like that and you end up getting mercury poisoning because you're eating all the stuff that's that, that's that's like a natural cycle of how things happen both good and bad so mm-hmm. if you've got a cow with a really great diet and it's really fit and it's really healthy like back in the day you say chicken was really healthy because like the chickens were like having a great diet and they were um really fit and really active well it's not the case anymore because we're keeping in these giant fucking sheds with like thousands of them they can't move around and they're only living for a few weeks until we pot them it's just like it's it's we all need to kind of wake up to all of these different things right and we need to actually realize that lots of horrible bad things are happening to make money but that's not helping us at all and it's not making us feel good it's not making us you know live well it's not making us you know all these different things and it's um it reminds me of a, a film i think it's called the social dilemma have you seen that one about social media no, no, I deliberately avoided it just so I didn't get more wound up about social media than I do <laughs> well, already. Let's, let's, yeah, well, let, let's not get involved in that. But but the key que- the key thing was like at the end of it. So they speak to all these executives from like Facebook and Twitter and things like that, and ex ex uh, executives from these these social media things. And one of the one of the questions at the end that really really resonated with me is they asked this like you know executive from Facebook, it's like, um, do you let your children use social media? And he was like, hell no, straight away. He's like, no. And so it's like with all this diet stuff and things like that, it's like, you know, we think you just need to be a little bit more aware about what we're putting in our bodies. And it's mm-hmm. a gradual thing. It takes a long time. Uh, but going back to like these kind of Beyond Meat burgers and all that kind of stuff, it's like, do you, you just don't, don't have either, you know? It's like if you really want the sausage roll, make the sausage roll yourself 
with the ingredients that you know and the ingredients that you know that you've put in there. That So it's still not healthy in terms of your diet, but it's healthier than leaving those decisions in the hand of a company whose main intention is to be profitable as opposed to being making you something that's, that's you know, actually healthy for you. I don't know, it's, but it's very complicated, right? Yeah, quite literally food for thought in that big <laughs> section of the podcast. So... Yeah, moving on. Uh, so we've we've covered the two um, main components of all this. I would say, you know, the movement and exercise, and then the food and nutrition. Um, a wee bit on supplements here. I was interested. Dan, do you take any supplements as a rule? Um, I don't at the moment. I have done different. I have done it different times, but I won't lie. There's no supplement that I've had that I felt had a genuine positive impact on anything nothing noticeable i'm not saying that there wasn't but nothing mm-hmm. notable so for a long time i took like a multivitamin um especially when i started fasting so when i started fasting for the first time there was a concern that i might not get as, as the vitamins and minerals that i needed so I, I started taking a supplement and then I, and then obviously you need to have a frame of reference so i stopped taking that vitamin and i didn't feel any negative impact so I'm not I'm not taking anything. This is since I started fasting seriously for the, the last time. So the last time I had four weeks, I am I am been taking any anything, and I've not noticed any negative impact. How about you? Yeah, well, there's first and foremost there's a solid argument that supplements shouldn't be necessary if you're um, if you're eating a balanced enough diet um, and if you're living naturally, I suppose. But the the, the counter argument to that is well, I'll, I'll be upfront. Like I take two as a rule: vitamin D and magnesium. And the, the reason that we don't really get enough magnesium typically is just because of the soil and the way food's grown. You know, even if you're eating good food, good whole food, the way that a lot of farms work, they don't rotate crops and stuff like that. The soil's yeah. very diluted. So we're just yeah. not getting the levels of magnesium in our foods that we should be. And I've I've read multiple places, magnesium is responsible for something like five to 600 biochemical processes in your body. So if you don't have enough of it, that's a lot of stuff that can't get done. So um, that's something that I take. Uh, I take it quite near the bedtime, just a couple of wee capsules. You get body sprays as well. Less chance of um, getting shitty, shitty underwear if you, because it's quite. It could be quite laxative if you take too much. <laughs> Is it? Totally. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you, uh, when I got COVID, I, I dozed up on magnesium, and I was on the pan a lot. Uh, but I got better really quickly. So. Um, yeah, so magnesium. I make sure I make sure I take a wee magnesium supplement, and then vitamin D as well. I, I think this is something that so many people are deficient, and for a number of reasons. Like if you live in the northern hemisphere, there's just a lot of time where the sun isn't really out, and plus we, you know, we we live and work indoors as well. We we don't see the sun a lot, so try and get as much vitamin D from the sun as you can. But I certainly take that wee extra vitamin D supplement. It's allegedly very good for anything from your immune system your bones your muscle and heart health everything like that so and would you say that can you remember a time where you didn't take them have you you, do you feel even if it's just a placebo do you feel that those are actually benefiting you in some way it's really hard to say because if i listed down the things i'm doing that are quote-unquote positive there's a lot of them so it's a stacking effect so it's very difficult to it's very difficult to say this thing is working. And to be honest, vitamin D is almost free. You know, um, you're almost stupid not to take it. I know you're not taking it, but you're stupid. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's nearly free. Um, so taking it's, 
it's a no-brainer. Again, I'm not uh, giving medical advice here. Please do your own research. But, How this uh, is an important thing because you, you seem to be pretty clued up on 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 this sort of stuff, and you, you take a very active role in this. Like how 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 do you feel on a daily basis so you if you feel like you got lots of energy you feel like you kind of you know you're mentally alert you know talk to me about your general feeling day to day yeah i'm hesitant to present a picture of glory here you know i, 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 I struggle <laughs> i struggle as much as anyone else but with, with all the things of life you know things get me down and um you know that there, there are good and bad days but i'd say in the main yeah and um, what i do is really working well for me it, it helps me to 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 um be able to enjoy things whether that is the hobby whether it's spending time with my family my wee daughter um and having it yeah certainly energy is not something i struggle with at all you know i've got i've got plenty of energy um which i'm i'm grateful for and attribute it to to probably just all the wee things that i'm doing because mm. that that's an important thing to have as a kind of takeaway in terms of like a tangible thing is is this idea like you don't you've got to, you've got to feel something you know and there was a time like before before i started fasting where i felt just like really tired really sluggish really unhealthy like low level of energy you know and it was like i'd kind of attributed it to like just getting older you know mm-hmm. it's like, you know it's just maybe this is just getting older and things like that but it's only after like you know you do things or try and change things and it's it's about this kind of like you know um I can't remember your, the term that you used. It's like the stacking thing. It's like you, you're doing little things which don't take that much of a, it's not too much of a bother, but it's worth it. You know, it's worth mm-hmm. doing that. So it's like maybe you take your vitamin D out and you wouldn't, <clears throat> you wouldn't necessarily feel any worse, but it stacks, stacks on other things. And it's like a big, a big thing for me is like, I remember saying to my mom, like a lot, she's really tired. It's really tired all the time. And and it's it's so big that it's one of the reasons why I don't live in England anymore because it's just it's fucking grim. Like the weather was just grim, and it's just like it's pissing down all the time, and it's grey, and it's like you know, just it doesn't make you feel good. Whereas like like today, it's like you know, it's winter, but it's like twenty degrees, and it's it's nice sunshine. It just makes you feel better, you know. So maybe the vitamin D kind of helps with that. Like you're you're just making you feel a little bit better. It's it's interesting, man. And what what about what about sleep and stuff? Have you got like a set? sleep routine do you kind of you know you're very strict with your sleep yeah one of the very first things i got a handle on when i got interested in all this was sleep because i'd went from an outdoor manual job to a, a computer job for lack of a better term so my, my sleep took a hit for multiple reasons because of that um and the thing that works for me these days is just uh i, I know you don't even use a phone yourself and I, I use it very lightly but like i'm not looking at that phone probably after about uh, 6 p.m. So that's the end of like any screen time for me. Um, and I've got these like um, blue light glasses, just like a normal pair of reading glasses for lights <laughs> around the house and stuff like that. So yeah, a little bit Clark Kent when I'm walking around. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when we when we get the kid to bed and, and we're in bed pretty early at the same time every night uh, and just read, um, you know, I like to read. I read a lot of books, so just got an, a nice routine at night and that that for some reason just um gradually helps you to, the minute i hit the pillow when we put the light out i'm i'm away to sleep and uh it's really important sleep like sleep is super really important like i've really noticed this since having kids so like i only really genuinely realized how important it is for me to have a, a certain amount of sleep 
and I've noticed that that not being able to have because I I've always been I've not been never been really big like a big party animal or whatever and I've, I've I've like you I really enjoy reading so you know on any normal week I'll be in bed like half eight nine and I'll be reading for like an hour and a half two hours and then I'll, I'll be going to sleep so like 10 p.m. I'm, I'm regularly asleep you know at 10 like you know actually going to sleep or asleep at 10 and when when I have that sleep that you talk about something that it's like it's free it actually probably saves you money because you know you're going to bed earlier or whatever you're not out drinking beers or whatever that's been a massive bonus a massive plus to me and it's only recently touch wood i'm very vigorously touching wood here that i've started to get back into a regular sleep routine and, and getting genuinely deep sleep and that has got had a massive effect on my mental health my social health my physical health just having that amount of sleep and and, and that routine you know it's like and and it's it's so complex and deep to talk about because there's this I think there's so many aspects of it of the ritual of it. We're not even talking about chemical processes or the need to be lying down for certain chemical processes to kick in. I forget what it's called. What is what's it called? The something cycle, circus circadian rhythm. Yeah, 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 exactly right. Yeah, 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 all that kind of stuff and about how you wake up and and the importance of daylight in in your wake up and all that kind of stuff. It, it's very very deep. Um, but in, in terms of just feeling well rested, I mean, blue light, anecdotally talking about blue light is that, you know, blue light has a certain effect on our brains. And if we're having a lot of blue light uh, before we go to sleep and our brain patterns, it's harder to go to sleep and sleep eludes us potentially because of this blue light, you know, so you've got the special, special bins that you wear when you're looking at your screens and stuff like that. So that, that, that light's not affecting your brain, but sleep is something that's really important for all of us. And yet again, something that we we maybe miss, you know, and, and, and I get why. I, I mean, for me personally, it's like I spend a lot of time working. So I want to wring as much time as I can out of my personal life as possible because it's like, well, I'm working from like, you know, 8, 8 a.m. to like kind of 5 p.m. Uh, and I want to, you know, get home. I've got from, you know, I want to make the most of that social time and that leisure time. I don't want to waste it sleeping. But the thing is, is that sleep is so important to us and it has a massive effect on every aspect of our life right yeah absolutely yeah i think um it's it's the most important thing you could do i guess is get get a good night's sleep or at least try and put some stuff in place to, to make it easier for you to do so it's something that i've uh, you know as listeners to the podcast know we've got a wee girl she's six months now so sleep has eluded us for a few months it's starting to settle down now but um it's been a uh, Aye, important to try and get as much of it as we can. But again, it's not it's not about trying to get nine hours a night or anything like that. You know, a, a good solid six hours of quality sleep is much better than lying in bed for, you know, half of your 24 hours, isn't it? So mm, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. What about, uh, I wanted to touch on just, um, we've talked about like modern life and stuff like that. So to put to put it like this, like it's very easy for us to remain in constant levels of comfort at all times. You know, we've got things at the touch of a button. If we're a bit cold, we could turn the heating up slightly. You know, there's a lot to be said. I think for sometimes being uncomfortable. Um, I think that it, it's good in lots of different ways, physically, psychologically. Um, one uh, one sort of famous example of that is just cold exposure, and that could be something as simple as like you're slightly cold in the house you go and put the heating on well just don't just um see 
see for the next half hour what happens if you don't turn the heat on and you're just slightly cold. Like your body will adapt and your body learning, relearning to do those. Because, you know, we've done this for hundreds of thousands of years. Our body's very adaptable. But if we don't let it adapt to things, it just never does it. And we kind of lose that ability to to regulate ourselves. Um, one of the things that I do every, every week morning, I give myself the weekends off. I get up in the morning and I do a cold shower. And it's um, it was initially really hard to to get into that habit, but you know going into the the cold water for three minutes, um, it was it, it was something uh, I learned about Wim Hof, who I'll talk about in a second. Did you hear the Wim Hof? I've, I have. I don't know why. I, I thought he was a, a Dutch striker, but no. Yeah, sure you're he signed him on Champ Man in 1995. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wim Hof, they, they call him the Iceman. And I think he's got all sorts of world records where he sat in ice baths and stuff. So his stuff is extreme. Like he's been away up Everest in shorts and stuff like that. So that's definitely um, above and beyond what most folk are going to try and do. But a bit of cold water exposure. And I live near the sea as well. So I try and get in the sea sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah, what, what just... I understand. Yeah, what I understand about that, like you know, I, I've been playing sport a decent level. And I, I, how I've got involved in like ice baths and things like that is, is this idea of vasodilation and vasoconstriction, right? Hmm. So when when you when you're running around, you're getting hot. Your, your your blood vessels dilate, and it allows more fluids to be distributed around the body, various different means. And that's also the same with your lymphatic system. Like you're hot like the the everything relaxes and the fluids travel more freely around the system uh, but then if you get suddenly very very cold you get vasoconstriction which basically means that all the vessels kind of tighten up and so it's a good idea if you're playing decent level sport in terms of recovery and like redistribution of chemicals and things like that around the body is that everything is relaxed and there's more chemicals especially in terms of like lactic acid lactic acid builds up in the muscle which is which is bad uh, and then you suddenly jump into an ice bath and then vasoconstriction occurs which where everything tightens up and then all that fluid is, is redistributed around the body in different ways so does, it, does it link to that yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. so it's a lot, a lot to do with sort of the heart health and just yeah, the the reaction it has on your body. Your body's adapting as well to the cold. It's, it's you know, it's saying to itself, we're going to have to do something about this. We're going to have to. So it's moving stuff about your body, your lymphatic system, and all of that. So I would encourage folk if you go on go on YouTube and just look for Wim Hof, you'll find a lot on the cold water. And then his other tenant is really the breathing as well. He's got this great breathing technique. It's um. Again, look them up yourself and, and, and you could decide if you want to try it out. But it's, it's sort of 30, 30 deep breaths in and out and then you do a big breath hold. And you, it's amazing. You could you could actually hold your breath for you know one, two minutes without air in your lungs. You would think that wouldn't be possible. But um, yeah, look at Wim Hof on uh, YouTube. You'll find loads of stuff on there. And um, yeah. again, just another wee thing, you know, not something on its own that's going to uh, change your life necessarily, but just we're, we're talking about stacking you know the more wee things that you build in the, the better chance you've got so yeah i always really struggle with those ice baths like i won't lie like really really struggled so i don't know about that like i might might try a cold shower tomorrow see what happens yeah the, the key is not to step right in to the cold so um i think i got this for him off as well so it's kind of you've got the cold water there and and the, the, the thought of it is hellish but um Get the hands under there. You're rubbing the hands under. Splash on the face. That's not so nice. Um, get the feet under. So you're gradually, you're letting your body know that this is coming. And then you you take the step under. And yeah, the, the, I would say 
20 seconds of my three odd minutes under the cold water are, are re- really unpleasant. And then after that, you, your body just gets used to it. And when I compare that to the way I used to wake up five or six years ago, what I would do, I would wake up, I would have my phone in the room, it would be my alarm clock, which I don't do now. And yeah. uh, the first thing I do, pick up the smartphone, let's check Twitter. The world's a terrible place and there's yeah. so bad stuff. And and you're just lying there thinking, here we go again, another day, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a Twitter argument with somebody. So compare uh, that to now, the, the, the stressor in my morning's the cold water and that's a totally different kettle of fish. You know, it, it really does set you up for the days, bro. Yeah, so I guess just before we kind of you know, wrap wrap things up and kind of have some takeaways, it's it's it. Yeah, you, you mentioned that a lot of stuff, and it's again, I, I just I don't want it to come across. I I guess it's just because I bumped into people that are like maybe conspiracy theorists or people that are like, wait, just wake up, man, just wake up. It's like, yeah, I'm not trying to come across in, pardon me, in that kind of way, but it's like, it's it's a it's a dawning and continuous realization that. You can't. It's like it's like your parents when you're growing up. They do, but you kind of presume that they've got your best interests at heart the entire time, right? So even mm-hmm. when they do something that really upsets you, and they make you cry, or they take your favorite toy away, you kind of believe that there's a greater good that you're working towards. And and with your parents, there probably is, right? Mm-hmm. There probably, probably is. Being a parent myself, it's like it. It makes you. It's sad to make your kids sad, you know, because you don't. You don't want that but you're trying to you're trying to lead them towards a greater good and and for me it's been like this realization it's quite depressing at the start is that no no one really actually cares about you that much your parents probably do and i hope that they do but other than that there's no one really and so you kind of think like oh the government are looking out for my best interests or you know it's like oh it's, it's great that kfc have put like you know the calorie you know calorie content of the meals up on the menus now that's great because i can have this 2000 thing and i can eat this kfc meals 2000 calories and but that's fine because you know my, my daily intake is 2000 but but you've got to think about what, what what is that based on you know what what is that based on it's that it's that the takeaways that we start talking about is going to be like this realization that just get clued up yourself you know figure it out yourself and make your own choice on certain things about whether to do it or not do it based on stuff that you have figured out yourself from having spoken to many different people and read many different things from many different sources over a, a long period of time. And, and that's the thing that sucks about it is that it would be so easy if someone said, right, do this, do that, and you'll live to 120. Happy days. And every day, every day you wake up, you'd have loads of energy and you'll be happy. But it's, unfortunately, it's, it's, not, it's not like that, is it? It's hard, isn't it? Like, but having a cold shower every day, I, I would think that's really hard. Is it? You said it's all right. Is it? Is it hard though? I just the idea of jumping in cold water. Man, I mean, I don't know. Like, not but then not again, after not after a couple of years of doing it. It's just right. a normal part of your routine, you know. Um, and it, like I say, I have weekends off, so <laughs> I can uh, lie in. But then a wee yeah. bit. So yeah, but then again, like the idea of eating only in one eating eating everything you need to eat in one hour is is you know repulsive to lots of different people so mm. i guess being open-minded is important but anyway man as we before we kind of give people resources and so like they can kind of go and look at themselves like so so what would be like what would be what tell me something that you would give people as a start to like do this tomorrow like what would be a one small starting point just in one area what would you say yeah, if, I, I guess if you if you want to do one simple trick, just um, skip your breakfast tomorrow and see yeah. how you feel by the afternoon. All right. that, that's all I would say. Okay, so um, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be it'd be fasting. It just do fasting because it's free. Yeah, it'll actually save you money. And in terms of like the, I always, well, I was trying to do this at work about being efficient with my time. It's like, right, if I've got an hour, if I've got a free hour, where am I going to dedicate that hour to have the most possible impact? And I say that fasting has been the thing that's had the biggest impact for the least amount of, of, of well, no monetary input. And it's just taken discipline, which has actually been empowering in many other ways. So yeah, fasting for sure, yeah, I, I would say. Cool. Um, so what's next Dan some follow up resources yeah go on so you, you kind of wrote a few different things so where, where have you got your information from for, for all this sort of stuff yeah I've read a lot of books over the years um, listened to a few podcasts as well so I've got a wee list of books here again we'll put all the links in the show notes I'll make a page at bedroombattlefields.com let's go forward slash hobby health all one word we'll put it all there um so books called sleep smarter and eat smarter were really good there's a book called fast this way uh, there's a book that rhymes with that called move your dna good book called why we get sick and wim hof's book i think it is just called the wim hof method um and there's a couple of podcasts i really like too the model health show and How to Not Get Sick and Die, which is a really good name. So, again, I'll put links to all those in the, the show notes at bedroombattlefields.com forward slash hobby health, along with anything you want to add to that, Dan. Yeah, I read a good one called The Pleasure Trap by a guy called and- Andy Goldhammer, which is actually That's a, a great, great name. name. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, The Pleasure Trap, uh, The Obesity Code by Jason Fung. Um, and there's two guys on YouTube, which is, is free, which is obviously what I like as well. Uh, Jason Fung, F-U-N-G, and then Sten Ekberg. Uh, they're both kind of pretty credible guys that talk a lot about intermittent fasting and what happens to your body when you fast and how to do it safely and all that kind of stuff. And then there's a, a full documentary that I watched just the week actually called Fat Fiction, uh, which links into some of the stuff that you were saying about how we all believe that fat is bad and we've been sold, you know, fat-free yogurt, fat-free milk, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. And so it kind of talks about, about all that kind of stuff, fat fiction. So yeah, yeah, that'd be cool, man. And like, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? That kind of, uh, my part in remarks is, is one, I hope that even at least one person, you know, even if it's only one person that's taken something from it, that's started their journey. That's the key is that I, I forget what started my journey on this. Um, and and obviously you've got something that, that started your journey too. If this can be like the, the starting point on someone's journey that makes them, you know, feel just happier and, and all that kind of stuff, then it, that's a massive win, right? Because that's all we want really. It's this kind of, it's self-discovery, isn't it? It's kind of knowing yourself and, and knowing that the world you live in and, and knowing the choices that you have available and how you can, you know, just, just be happier for longer and more stable, right? Yeah, I think this is the catalyst. Like five, ten years from now, you're going to hear girls in their sort of late teens, early twenties, and they're going to say, you know what, I, I want to bag myself one of those men that paints uh, miniatures. You know, one of those uh, Warhammer players because they're they're pretty fat. You know, they're cut and all these, these kind of terms. So I think this is the, this is the start of that transformation for us as a as a hobby. You know, we're going to be the we're going to be the the men on the the walls of. Um, yeah, that sounds a bit creepy, really, doesn't it? Let's not go down that route. <laughs> um, what, what else have you got, Dan? I, I heard a rumour that you had a quiz on the go this episode. Oh, are we going to do this now? No, mate, you need to have a whole separate episode. Yeah, ah, so, right, so we'll do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. New episode, yeah. Do it at a different, different time. We can, re- we can finish up with our dad jokes. We, we didn't do that in the intro, right? We got some dad cool. jokes. 
Yeah, we got two well, each then. Uh, are, yeah. you, are you are you you want to go first or you want me to go first? Go on, mug, mugs away. You can go first, mate. Right, I'll do one first then. Okay, um, so this, this dad says to his son, yeah, I went, went to this zoo the other day and uh, I was really disappointed. It only, only had basically a single dog in it. That was the only animal there. Yeah, it was a shit zoo. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> a good one. What what was it like when past, present, and future met for the first time? No idea. Tense. <laughs> um, so the kid says to his dad, hey, what's, what's the most impressive thing about Switzerland, dad? And the dad says, I don't know, son, but the flag is a big plus. <laughs> what, what's the difference between a businessman on a tricycle and a tramp on a bicycle no idea a tire <laughs> <laughs> uh, you always fear you won't get them but you always do the dad jokes dad jokes are good man and now you're officially a dad you've got to start building them up so you can uh, yeah you can do them right Aye, mortifying your children when their friends come round. That's the way, that's the way. Lifelong aim of mine, yeah, I'm looking forward to those days. So, um, cool. Uh, It's been great, this uh, big old conversation that we've had about hobby health. Like we're saying, not telling you what to do, not trying to encourage you to do anything at all, I suppose. This is just an exploration. You know, here are some things that have worked for us and um, some resources that you could follow up on. Um. And best of luck with it all, you know, if you're planning on looking into any of it at all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's important. It's essential, isn't it? You know, it's it's your life. It's our life. It's my life. It's it's something that's really, you know, if you're, you know, instead of doing the, doing the troll through the Twitter, you know, spend 45 minutes, you know, reading a book on this or watching a video on YouTube about this, you know, that from a credible source because it's, uh, it's essential, man. There we go then, that was a big old conversation wasn't it? Um, on the next episode as well we're going to get back to talking about playing with our wee men uh, quite literally in fact because we're talking about 6mm wargaming so playing with our very wee men um, will be the topic of conversation there. Uh, like I said in this episode as well, everything we mentioned links and resources and stuff like that you'll find them at bedroombattlefields.com forward slash hobby health Thanks very much for listening and we'll speak again on the next one.